Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast, your go-to listening for everything travel. Here are your Travel Pulse hosts, Eric Bowman and Dan Callahan. Happy New Year, everybody. It's the first episode of 2021 for the Travel Pulse Podcast. My name is Dan Callahan, co-host of the podcast, joined today on January 5th on this Travel Tuesday by co-host Eric Bowman. Eric, how is your new year going so far? It's going great, Dan. Got a title change. Now the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. So things are good. Yeah, looking looking good. Had a good holiday. Ready for a new year, new me. Been I'm on my fifth straight day of yoga, so my body is not feeling like an old man. I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling good, man. I'm, I recommend yoga to everyone. <laughs> oh boy, I just started doing some core workouts downstairs in the basement. We got a stationary bike in front of a 4K TV. Why didn't I think of that years ago? It's perfect. I would rather do that than trot to the gym to be perfectly honest but uh, is doing yoga part of your a new year's resolution or something yes yes i uh, had some bad back issues throughout 2020 uh set on my butt a lot so trying to be more active and that's my my new year's resolution that i hope to not fail but by the end of the month so going five days strong here i hope uh, if you out there listening have a new year's resolution that you are sticking through to it um, if you enjoyed the show last year at all with dan and i taking over we would greatly appreciate it if you'd leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and as always we accept feedback podcast at travelpulse.com we got an exciting show coming up today we're going to be talking with uh, travel advisor Beth Razor on 2021 travel trends and family travel as well. And uh, we have some good news, some bad news, and some sad news on the what is trending. If this is your first time listening, the way our show works is we run through what is trending in the world of travel from the last week and then dive into an interview segment with an advisor or a supplier or you know just anyone in the industry that has can bring value to you, the listener. All right, so All right. It's, it's the first What's Trending of 2021, and we, like Eric said, we usually have a lot of good news, some bad news, some controversial news. Unfortunately, I think we got to start off with some sad news that just broke earlier this morning. Eric, let's get started on what's been trending. Yes, unfortunately, we begin with sad news today. Gordon Butch Stewart, travel pioneer and founder of Sandals Resorts, has died. He was 79. Um, his son, Adam Stewart, said that he was he chose to keep a very recent health diagnosis private, and we respected that wish. So it's not known um, how he died, but we uh, our condolences go to the Stewart family and all of those at Sandals Resorts. Um, may he rest in peace. Yeah, really, I mean, it, I think just travel pioneer probably doesn't even do justice what he did for not only, you know, the travel industry, but um, people in the Caribbean, many different islands, all the different properties, countries that they have resorts in, um, transformed uh, so much uh, from all-inclusive to just general Caribbean travel um, and so many people's lives. So what he built will definitely continue to go on through Sandals, the Sandals Foundation, many other avenues as well. So we thank him for that. Yes, his legacy will no doubt live on, and Sandals has new things coming up in the works this year, too. A new resort coming in uh, Curacao later on in 2021. So international travel is also among what is trending in the world. We have Dr. Fauci came out and said that COVID-19 vaccine could become mandatory for travel, saying, quote, it's not up to me to make a decision, Fauci said, but these things these are all things that will be discussed under the Biden administration. I would not be surprised as we get into the full scope of the COVID-19 vaccination that some companies, some hospitals, some organizations might require a vaccine. This news generated quite a buzz on our Facebook page over the weekend as some were totally for it. Others were not. Yeah, there, were, there was a lot of the, the Facebook doctors and Facebook epidemiologists that came out of the woodwork. Uh 
just as, as usual, they put their law degrees aside for a minute and commented in here and, you know, and they'll just, you know, transform either way, depending on which, uh, you know, things are hot in the news. However, um, I don't think anybody, like he said, has an answer for this. I think it's definitely more likely under a Biden administration than it would have been under a Trump administration. You can argue that, argue that back and forth, but I think it is what it is. And, uh, Obviously, like he said, you know, the COVID vaccination, it's not going to be, you know, fully released to the public. You get to get two doses and everything. We won't be looking at like, you know, regular everyday Americans getting this until well into the spring anyway, at least at this point. Um, a lot of people were arguing either side of it, like he said. Um, I know other vaccines in the past have been required until it was completely phased out. I know like if you're going to college to live in like dorms at a college, you have to have certain shots done. Even as a kid to go into school, you got to have certain shots done. Um, things like that. This is going to be a different animal. I honestly would prefer to side on the things with testing rather than vaccines, especially right now going for, uh, you know, for the, the short term here, you know, going forward. I, I, I can't remember. Maybe I'm just too young. To, I don't know. Anybody want to weigh in? Like, has there been a passive where you had to get on an airline and, you know, provide medical records of things that you've vaccinations and shots you've had? I mean, this is something you do we, for like yellow fever and stuff. There's, there's things out there for that right now, but yeah. sorry, I, I get where, I mean, I think this is the whole, the whole key word here is could i don't think anything is set in stone now and we won't have anything set in stone probably until you know springtime like you mentioned dan when when the vaccine can be readily available to all those who do want it in in the u.s here and and around the world so it's going to take time we're going to have things like this where this might be a possibility and there's there's already certain apps out there that go with that i'm with you i think you know testing still needs to be readily available you know anywhere you can you know, whether that's at your near your home or at the airport or the airline requires it i think that as well but you know when the vaccine comes out I, I'll, I'll jump right on that and and if it's mandatory for travel somewhere then i'm going to take that because i want to travel yeah and and i think uh, a lot of people if they really want to travel that bad they will i think requiring it might um scare some people off from doing it or if, i don't know if airlines can make the decision if they're going to require it or not um i was reading a little bit about people that might not be able to get the vaccination due to um, you know, allergic reaction concerns and other things like that. And there, there is, I mean, it was fast tracked. I mean, we, we don't have to argue over the science of it, but I know some people are scared away of that. You know, you can either understand it or not or say that it's fine. You know, I don't think there's any issues with it, to be honest, but I think testing would have to be done a lot better. I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, false positives and false negatives and things like that. So I think by the time it comes down to like, okay, all the vaccination has been, you know, readily available to the, the wide public in this country. So either Either, you know, say yesterday vaccination or testing, I would hope that testing has been, you know, um, at a lot better stage at that point as far as, you know, more, uh, you know, availability and accuracy and things like that. So we can stick with the testing. That's that's what I'm hoping comes out of it. Until then, it's just all speculation, which I know we talk about, but we bring up some topics on here. So feel free to weigh in at podcast at travelpulse.com. And Eric, there was another uh, story that got quite the buzz on Facebook as well. Um, that was recently in the news, and this was with Disney. Yes, uh, some more Facebook doctors we saw in that comment thread. It was like over 400 comments. It was it was went up crazy there for a little bit over over the weekend. But Disney didn't. Um, they confirmed the reports that uh, some rides are opening to full capacity. That's like the flight of passage ride, which is an amazing ride at Disney. Uh, but yeah, it sparked quite the conversation on our Facebook page. Uh, if you enjoy Facebook comments, um, you should check that out. I highly recommend it. It's, uh, it's intriguing. I'll, I will say that. So um, yeah, well, but uh, continue. Oh, go ahead, Dan. I was just going to say, I mean, even though they said that the the rides were going to be available at full capacity, the, the park itself isn't at full capacity. I think that's what people were missing. Right. 
the park is still at what 35 yeah, percent. yeah yeah exactly yeah some people weren't grasping that so yeah disney just bumped it up to 35 percent um starting january 1st you had park hopping is now a thing too but there's like certain guidelines you have to follow on that too so and that's where working with a travel advisor is a great tool uh, if you want to know more about that, hit up your advisor for sure. But uh, yeah, I think there was some confusion about that among uh, people who, uh, again, didn't read the full article. Probably that's an, a lesson learned of, of 2020 from a lot of people. Should you know carry on over to 2021 and and in the future. But uh, I, I I digress. But there I, is some some good news around. Oh, go ahead, Dan. Oh uh, no, I was just going to say yeah. I think people need to realize that, and Disney did a very good job, and especially in the early stages, especially during the summer, um, Disney World, especially in Florida where you know people were saying was that was like you know cases were going through the roof and they did things right um you know we read we brought up a number of different articles on here um showing that and showcasing that in numbers and data and things like that of the sort um and i think that's just a part of their phase you know their phased rollout of hopefully getting back to a point where they can be at full park capacity and the next step was to allow rides at that point and if you're in the park and everyone's doing what they're doing and you get on a ride um, and they're doing it at full capacity on a ride. Everybody's fine with that. You know, I, I think that's a, you know, a good next step for them to start implementing. And if something goes wrong, they pull it back. So, you know, see what happens there. Exactly. And another Disney news today, January 5th began the first day that you can score free tickets for Disney world. you can book a Walt Disney world room and ticket package for four nights, three days, and you'll be eligible for two additional days at the theme parks for no additional charge, which is awesome. We love a good deal. And speaking of good deals, this moves us into the cruise news world. It is wave season. And even though things feel different in the cruise industry right now, because well, nobody's cruising and they may not be until April, unfortunately, but uh, there are deals to be found for cruises and they, continue to be released by different companies so we posted a full roundup on travelpulse.com and we'll continue to add on to that as new deals are being released but there's some good stuff out there from hundreds of dollars off cruise packages upgrades to big suites and more so i highly recommend you check that out cruise lines rolling out 2021 wave season deals so and one final trending piece of news in the cruise world a nudist cruise was announced for 2022 on board a carnival cruise line ship and dan i gotta know you are not the biggest cruise enthusiast as far as you know going on you support the industry for sure but you know you're not cruising isn't your forte of travel but uh, would you ever go on a nudist cruise <laughs> at this point in my life now i don't think in general at all i would have i mean i fully support it and think it's you know amazing um that they and they do stuff like that and we would love to hear from advisors that have sold anybody on uh, uh, types of cruises like that, whether it be a nudist one or even some of the other ones out there that are all themed around certain things. I mean, some of them can be pretty interesting. Um, you know, I, I love, you know, showing off the dad bod and some speedo, uh, you know, wear every now and then um, joke around on some beaches. Some rompers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I wear male <laughs> rompers and stuff time to time. But um, now, I mean, at this point, I mean, I was just saying I got to start working out because I've completely let myself go since March and the wedding. I'm just like, who am I trying to impress anymore? It's game over. So I wouldn't be, you know, I feel like new cruises you're gonna have some people on there they're gonna put my dad by the shame so i'm just gonna you know let them ravel in it but i'll just sit back and comment on it there you go yeah I'm, i think it's amazing that they they do things like this you mentioned you know there's all sorts of theme cruises there's like a groove cruise on strictly around like dance music which is pretty cool but um yeah this was it was interesting to see some of the people react and comment to this so they're like are masks going to be allowed like how's that going to work but it's for 2022 so hopefully it will be you know no masks and it just be focusing on their health and, and cleaning protocols on board in that regard. But an interesting piece of news that came out this past week in, in the cruise world. 
And I know in past episodes, we were actually talking about uh, TSA and uh, some of their passenger records. I think another new pandemic era record was set this past weekend. Uh, they, they scanned, it looks like there was over 1.3 million passengers screened on January 3rd. Yeah, man, that is typically a super busy day for air travel as families return home from a long Christmas break vacations, you know, right before they get back to school. So this was this past Sunday, um, over 1.3 million. So that's inching further and further up. Um, I, I think it plays, plays into the holidays. I think we'll still have some low numbers here for, for January, February. We'll see what, what happens for, for spring break time period in March and April. It will be interesting to see what the numbers are for that before we get into the full swing of summer. And hopefully that's when people are taking their, uh, their vaccinations yeah. as they get their vaccine and go on vacations. But um, TSA also said that 324 million passengers passed through its airport security checkpoints this um, in, last year in 2020. And that was a 61% decline from the record high 824 million uh, people that it saw in the previous year of 2019. And that goes into uh, another report that came out this past week on globally that the pandemic, it wiped out 20 years of airline growth and produced levels not seen since 1999 with traffic down globally 67% in the year of 2020 alone compared to 2019. More than 40 airlines completely ceased or suspended operations, and experts unfortunately expect more to fall in 2021. Man, that's wild. I mean, and I saw a comment online I couldn't agree with more. They should just let the TSA distribute the vaccine. I'm all for that. Um, but <laughs> I'm extremely sarcastic there as well. Anybody <laughs> yeah, okay. get caught on to that. But. However, um, that is crazy. I mean, some of these airlines, obviously a lot of the huge, huge, huge major players are still in play, but um, it wasn't short after all this happened that they were just like begging the government for money, which to me, it's just like they, they not even just nickel and dime you, but there's so many fees and charges and this and that from these billion dollar companies that add up and you think they're just rolling in money. And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, after, you know, no one's flying, they're like, oh, we're out of money and we need help. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's uh, so many different companies in any industry you saw that it's like you guys I thought you guys were just raking in and printing your own money but how fast things change and how much growth wiped out is truly astonishing right and how quickly they they needed help and um not one but two bailouts here in the U.S. but uh, other airline news we had um the 20 safest airlines were unveiled by airlineratings.com their annual list comes out every January number one was Qantas that uh, they take the top spot consistently among a, a lot of different people who who release um various safety airlines or best airlines. They're one of the top ones up there. Um, Dan, can you guess uh, if you haven't looked, if you have then just, just go ahead and answer correctly. But uh, the best U S based airline, what, what do you think came in uh, for, for, for that, for the safest airline? Uh, the, the best rated safe, like for safety or just the best overall you know, for safety. No, it's for, for, for safety. Yeah. Best rated safety, the U S based airline. Uh, I haven't looked at the list, but I'm, I'm going to say just based on previous reports we've done on this Hawaiian airlines was usually up there. Are they number one? Close. Uh, no, they were not the top U.S.-based airline. They came in at number 12 overall on the, on the top 20 list. It was actually Alaska Airlines came in at number eight. So those two are also among the, the top ones there for um, American U.S.-based um, airlines throughout there. So the, the big players, Delta came in at 14, and American came in at 15. United was 20. Um, oh, oh, and Southwest was 13 there. So. Jeez. I, I never realized, but you got Alaskan Airlines for Alaska, Hawaiian for Hawaii, you got Southwest. I mean, where is like the Georgian Airlines or the New Jersey Airlines? I mean, huh. We, we got to start our own airline up here in New Jersey or Philly Airlines, just a bunch of Italians going, hey, oh, hey, guy. Hey, that sounds like a great 
sitcom show that you need to write, Dan. That would uh, be can you, that would be awesome. Can you tell I've been locked in my house for way too long? Right. Uh, we need to get out and travel more. So, yes. <laughs> but it is coming. It is coming, and we we will be venturing on multiple trips throughout the year and bring you all sorts of insight throughout the year on the on the Travel Pulse podcast. That is what we aim to do: inform and entertain here. So, but yeah, that pretty much wraps up what is trending in the world of travel. If you saw something different, if you um, have an opinion on any of the stuff that has been trending in the last week, we'd love to hear from you podcast at travelpulse.com. And now Dan, let's jump over to our interview segment. Now joining us on the podcast, very special guest. We have Beth Razor of Vacation Days based out of Toledo, Ohio. Beth, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm happy for this new 2021 and a new year, uh, hopefully a strong year of travel. How are you doing, Dan and Eric? Doing great. We're doing great. We're glad to have you on here and in the new year, the first episode of the new year. So congrats to you to getting on that hey. special guest spot. Um, <laughs> so, so tell us and, and our listeners a little bit about yourself and you know um, how you get start, how you got started in the industry, how long you've been doing it, and what you sell, things like that. All right. So uh, my story is a little non-traditional. I actually went to uh, pharmacy school and I graduated. 13, almost 14 years ago, and was a pharmacist for a long time. And a couple years ago, my husband and I were relocated back to Toledo. And at that point, his job got um, to be a lot with overnight travel and me being in healthcare and working midnights. It just didn't work out with three kids at home. So I was kind of left with what do I do now? I need a job I can do from home, but still be involved and have interactions. So that's how I came into travel. And funny enough, my neighbor owns a travel agency and said, Hey, I noticed you travel a lot. Would you, what, how do you feel about becoming a travel agent and focusing on Disney to start? I said, sure. That sounds like a great idea. Well, I went down that rabbit hole really fast. Um, and I started with Disney, but then diversified very quickly and now I find myself not only doing theme park vacations, but all inclusives and cruises. I mean, I don't do a ton of international as far as Europe, Asia. That's my next focus area for 2021 is Europe, Asia, and Africa um, to diversify more and go more into the luxury brand. But uh, it's worked out well so far. And of course, 2020 was a big curveball just as I was getting my business really going. Along came the pandemic and I learned a lot of lessons very quickly in travel. Um, but I think overall it's, it has strengthened me as an advisor and um, just excited to see what comes next. That's great. Yeah. That's a positive outlook to take on what was a very hard year, no doubt tough year for, for everyone. So how are things looking for you to start 2021? Um, Actually, you know, there it's very strong. Um, I was expecting it to be a slow quote wave season as they call it. And I have been extremely busy over the past two weeks working all through the holidays as people have been coming together with family and deciding, Hey, we're ready to travel. We want to put something on the calendar and they're contacting me. And um, so actually it's been a really good outlook for 2021 so far. Um, more heavy in fall for me right now than per se spring and summer. Um, a lot of last minute travel is what I'm seeing right now. 
So people will call me and I want to go to Disney in two weeks, which is a big difference from previous. They're planning a year plus out or, Hey, I want to go to Mexico with my, you know, my significant other. Can you get us a good deal? Sure. And they're leaving 10 days later. So that has been a big difference that uh, traditionally I'm not used to dealing with, but um, with the prices the way they are now and availability, if you can travel, get out there and go and take advantage for sure. Absolutely. And that's one thing we've been talking about on here a lot as well. Um, that ability, if you have the ability that you can get out now and then people also, you know, booking future travel, like you said, in the fall of 2021, even into 2022, um, for yeah. some cruise clients and stuff. Um, yeah. So is there anything with those those types of bookings, like last minute ones or even ones further in the future? Is there anything in particular that you would say advisors should know about or like tips and tricks to dealing with that as far as like doing a last minute booking, like some advice you would have for people doing that or even really far out, like maybe some resources or, you know, contacts or where you like find, you know, certain things of like, you know, where you would send people? Like, is there anything there that you would use or, you know, put out there as advice? Sure. So um, for my last minute travelers, I highly recommend sending them the travel advisories that are out right now that, to make sure that they understand this is what the CDC is saying and this is what the you know State Department is saying. Now it's up to them to make the decision. But as a travel advisor, it's my job to advise you and for you to know in full disclosure what, what the travel warnings are right now. Um, and secondly, I recommend that they always check with their employer before they begin travel to make sure that they're not going to be in a mandatory quarantine um, and unable to do their job in some sort of capacity, which would result in a loss of income. So as long as we get beyond those two things to start, then you know I start the travel planning with them. Um, but, you know, just making sure that your clients, you know, are given full disclosure first about the travel advisories and then second, checking with their employer or school for, for children is very important. Um, I will also say, you know, understanding cancellation policy is really big and I'm spending a lot of time making sure that whatever uh, touring operator I'm working with has a very flexible cancellation policy in the event, you know, someone were to become ill last minute and cannot travel. I certainly never want my clients to feel pressure to have to travel, even if they're feeling not well for any given reason. So the fact that um, there are so many amazing touring operators that are working with clients and allow you to cancel last minute, those are the ones we want to partner with right now, not ones that are going to punish people for having to cancel for a health-related issue. Long-term travel, I don't, I don't think I have as good of advice. Like looking into 2022, I haven't booked a lot that far out at this point, except for future cruise credit bookings. Um, that would probably be my majority of 2022. Actually, the only 2022 I have is FCC. So, um, you know, but right with the rate so low right now, if you have FCC burning a hole in your pocket, put the money down now and get it booked. Go for that dream, you know, Mediterranean cruise or Hawaii or New Zealand. Like there's so many great itineraries out there that we're probably at one point out of people's reach, but maybe by 2022 with the low pricing and they can do it early, book it now and look forward to something. It's good for mental health to have it on your calendar. <laughs> so. 
Perfect. Definitely. Yeah. Something, something to look forward to put it on the calendar. Love that idea. We've been talking, you know, trends here in, in the world of travel. It's a new year. Everyone kind of focuses on what, what the, the scene will look like to, to happen for, for 2021. So what do you think will be kind of the biggest travel trend of, of 2021? Is it like bucket list stuff, beach trips, road trips, domestic travel, or maybe family gatherings? Uh, well, my opinion or what I'm seeing too, is people just really desire to be together with their friends and family again, because it's just been such a long shot. So family travel, I think is going to be huge for 21 and getting together and seeing those people that you've missed out on. That being said, um, I feel like domestic travel is a lot stronger and specifically domestic travel where you can be a little more isolated. So, you know, trips, um, you know, renting your own beach house versus being in a beach villa or going out to Arizona and doing, you know, or Utah, doing some of the parks, Um, anything that's based outdoors. I'm definitely getting a lot of interest. Um, Maine, like Bar Harbor, lots of requests for that. Um, Internationally, Belize is really on my hot list right now uh, because they have a lot of accommodations that kind of allow you to have your own space, like your own villa or bungalow and um, lots of, you know, nature outdoor scuba diving is very popular there. So that's on my hot list. And I think anywhere that we just couldn't go all of 2020. (laughs) So, you know, New Zealand has been closed up when that opens up, people are going to be going there or, um, you know, a lot of uh, interest in Africa right now because they have very little COVID testing restrictions compared to other places. Africa's on a hot list for sure. Um, uh, yeah. My, my next question I wanted to ask was specifically about like family, family travel destinations. Uh, mm-hmm. I would imagine that a lot of those, um, you probably get a lot of inquiries domestically more so than internationally. I would imagine Disney is in there as well. I was wondering just as far as the domestic trips, like you were mentioning is I, I bring that up quite a lot on here. And uh, the one thing we've been asking a lot of advisors that sell domestic trips um, is like how you structure that as far as, you know, gaining income from it. Do you charge some type of fees or are you seeing commissions somewhere or would you want to touch on that? And then just generally um, some family travel destinations that you've been getting inquiries about or that you would recommend? So as far as fees are concerned, um, I, when, if I'm working with a client going to a destination that is highly, um, what do you call it? So there's a lot of uh, renter villas, you know, like Mm. timeshare, those kind of things where there really isn't per se an opportunity for me to make a commission because they don't work direct with travel agents. Um, Yes, I do have to charge a planning fee in that case because it's, it's almost like a finder's fee. Like I'm going to help you find the destination, find the right condo, help you with things to do, um, restaurant recommendations, things like that. Because for me, that's really the only way for me to make an income on those types of trips because they are dominated by, you know, the Airbnb VRBO kind of world. Yeah. Not only including all that stuff nowadays, but also all the different COVID precautions and especially domestically one advisor brought up on here is um, providing all of the different, if they're traveling state to state doing a road trip, providing all the different places, you know, state requirements as well. If you're going from one state to another, and then even places that might be less crowded that somebody could go to like compiling all that information, I can definitely see the need for planning fees and the time you have to put into gathering all of that. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is very time heavy. It's no less time, I think, than an international trip or a theme park trip. It still takes just as much research to be up to date and 
you know, know what the client is getting into and making sure it's a vetted property. Um, that alone takes a lot of time. Um, but as far as recommendations, as far as places to go, um, I grew up going to Hilton Head Island. <laughs> so Hilton Head's always at the top of my family-friendly destination list. Um, or, you know, a lot of the islands along the Carolinas, the um, Isle of Palms, Kiowa Island is nice. Anna Maria Island down in Florida, the Gulf Shores, um, where my dad is from. So those would probably be like some of my favorite because from the Northeast, it's drivable. And when you're going on a beach vacation with your kids and you got a lot of gear and flying is not uh, <laughs> not feasible with all that gear. And for some families, they're not ready to fly yet. Um, so, you know, the idea of a car type vacation is, is more comfortable to them. Certainly. Yeah. I love Hilton Head. My in-laws had a condo there and I, they must market like really well in Ohio or something because anytime I've ever been to Hilton Head, like people I meet, it's like, Oh, I'm from Ohio or yeah, we have a place in Ohio and it's, I don't, I don't know what it is about that, but maybe you have some insight there. I, I wish I knew, you know, when I, I grew up, like I said, I grew up going there and I, I told myself when I got out of the house. I will never go to Hilton Head. Like I've been going there my whole life. I'm going to go somewhere new. And what do I do? I take my kids back to Hilton Head every year because we love it that much. Um, but there was a, there's a guy who sings at Harbor town, Greg Russell. And his joke was always, you know, my, my mom's from Ohio and we have a minivan because everybody going to Hilton Head was from Ohio and drove minivans back in the night. <laughs> so yeah, there, it really is. There's something about it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love the destination. Being living in Georgia here, it's, it's easy to to get over Hilton Head. So a great island. If, if anyone has never been, I highly recommend it. I'll, I'll piggyback on uh, Beth's recommendation there. So you did mention a little bit about cruising and FCCs and stuff. It's for, for 2022. But are you hearing anything from suppliers about like getting things going again? Are you, are you seeing interest in family clients wanting to, to cruise or is not really? Is it more like maybe older people or, or the diehards, so to speak? Well, actually, I planned a trip, a group cruise to Alaska in July, and this was planned post-pandemic. So um, I have quite a few families coming with me and um, people that are retired as well. So I'm actually seeing a mix um, of older and families. Um, now it's in Alaska, so I guess you could consider that a domestic cruise. Obviously, they're not going down to the Caribbean, but um, the cruise interest is still a little slow for 2021. I'm seeing more in 2022 at this point. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, that's all good information. And I think just to, um, you know, we probably uh, hit on so many different areas here. Is there any other um, things you would want to share with agents and advisors, not only just securing bookings and growing business, but just, you know, going into a new year here after having a rough 2020, anything that you've implemented in your business? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, you know, so the fall booking wise was um, an interesting time. I got beyond the, you know, the crisis stage at first. Everything was just crisis management, managing all these bookings and cancellations. And once we got beyond that, now what? How am I going to grow my business? How am I going to stay connected with my clients? Um, one thing I did is I chose to travel. I started traveling back in May. I actually went down to Hilton Head, rented a house. Um, off the beach with my family so we could kind of be in our own little area. Then uh, we went to North Carolina in August. Then we went to the Dominican where I met Eric in August at the Hyatt. 
Um, we went to Cabo. I've been to Jamaica and to Aruba most recently. So I've been getting out and traveling and um, spending time building relationships with suppliers and other agents um, and sharing my experience with my clients. And for me, it's been really helpful in my business because they're seeing me travel and I can talk about my experience and how I felt traveling. Um, and my overall experience has been excellent, um, very safe, very clean. I've never been more excited about the product of travel as I am today. Um, so I say, you know, if you're an advisor and you can get out there, get out there and experience things for yourself. Um, check out new resorts, new destinations, and talk about it with your clients. Um, and just staying in touch with clients. I feel like, you know, it doesn't have to be like a non-personal email blast, but I mean, send them a text. I was thinking about you today. How are you doing? You know, just those little personal touches, I think really help build your business and get people thinking about travel again. Um, on the business side, I've had to look at legal documents more seriously than I ever have before given COVID, making sure that I am covered, um, as far as contracts are concerned, errors and emissions, things like that, liability insurance, it's uh, the pandemic really brought out a lot of um, issues that we didn't really have to think about before then, like who thought this would ever happen. But, you know, there's been a lot of great webinars out there with advice on, you know, who to partner with to make sure that you are protected legally and financially from any harm. So that's been big. And um, building social media is on my 2021 list too. <laughs> I am not strong at social media, but I am really going to try. I'm going to get an Instagram account. That's my goal for the year. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Wish, wish you the best on that. So uh, thank you again for joining us. I think that's a great insight into family stuff and think great insight too, as far as, you know, getting out there and traveling and, and showcasing to your clients with those personal touches, like, Hey, thinking of you and, you know, showcasing your experience on, on this whole new normal, so to speak, to, to beat that word into a, into a pulp. So uh, thank you again for joining us. Let, let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you and, uh, and all that good stuff. Well, thank you so much for having me again, Eric and Dan. It's been fun talking this afternoon. Uh, you can find me today on Facebook at Vacation Days with Beth, Days is D-A-Z-E, or Need a Vacation, 0919 at gmail.com is my email. Um, and hopefully you'll see me on Instagram soon once I be get out of the Facebook mom <laughs> category. <laughs> That's my goal. <laughs> oh, you could factor that yeah. in there. That would be great for family travel promotions. I mean, just bring the whole family in and use them as your marketing materials. That's what I say. I love it. Great idea. <laughs> Thanks again, Beth, for coming on the program today to talk family travel and more with us. We really appreciate that. And if anybody out there listening, advisors, let us know if there's any topics you want to hear about or if you have anything you want to share on the podcast. We're always up for hearing different unique experiences from advisors, especially in this whirlwind of a time right now in travel. So hit us up at podcast at travelpulse.com. Continue leaving feedback or responding to anything we bring up on the show there. We read all the emails we get and try and respond as much of them as possible. Um, there were a lot of people reaching out at the end of the year about the audio differences here. Um, just uh, any new listeners, I think we brought it up before in the past. Uh, Eric's in Georgia. I'm in New Jersey. We do this through through Zoom. 
Uh, my quality sounds a lot better because I'm directly in a podcast mixer, which records the audio. And Eric is using a microphone, but comes in through Zoom. So the quality has changed a bit. And every single guest that comes on has different setups. Some have microphones, some don't. So long story short, we appreciate you, um, you know, dealing in, uh, uh, with the difference in audio qualities uh, as they change for every single person that talks on here. Um, we'll try and, uh, you know, make it as clear as possible on each episode. But we appreciate you bearing with us and listening each week and that's it for this week we will see you next week on january 12th on that travel tuesday catch you then